0: There's something special about a father watching their son grow into a man. And Zach was 18 when he was on the show and all of the things, all of the success that you can talk about, there's nothing more powerful than being able to be involved with your kids and leave the legacy of your kids behind. I'm going to get emotional about it. Cause it's just so it's one of those things that I value above any of the millions of dollars or any of the businesses or anything else that I've ever done is the fact of being able to still be involved in my kids lives. As a young child, Edwina Adams was quiet by nature. She would whisper when speaking. In boot camp, she was thrashed for not yelling loud enough. But when she discovered her ex-husband was a con man, she started to make noise, proving you don't have to be loud to make some noise. Now Edwina's on a mission to motivate. So kick back and tune in for candid conversations with those who have harnessed the power of their voices. Let's make
1: some noise. Welcome to Let's Make Some Noise, where no matter what you sound like, you can make some noise. And this is where NOISE is my acronym for a narrative of inspiration, strength, and encouragement. I'm Edwina Adams, and today I'm talking with Tim Kroll. He's a director of Serious Play. Now, I've known Tim since about 2018 and love that he not only enjoys creating incredible Lego builds, but he spent years doing business coaching and he loves to build community. So, Tim, thanks for being here today.
0: Oh, of course, man. I love doing this kind of stuff.
1: Yeah. And, you know, I appreciate that you recently had me on your podcast and we had a great conversation. So I'm going to turn the tables here. We're going to learn about (laughs) Tim today. And uh, (laughs) yeah.
0: Uh, I put the spotlight on. (laughs) Right.
1: So, Tim, I definitely want to share a little bit about, you know, what you're doing now to make noise. But let's first talk about why do you call yourself a director of Serious Play?
0: Um, I mean, it's a really great question, but I mean, some of it has to do a little bit with marketing. Uh, Some of it has to do with the fact of what Lego has marketed already outside of the United States. And then some of it has to do with just the aspect of what I'm seeing within the industries, um, how the educational system is operating, how we are technically training our employees or training our staff. Um, And so there's a lot of different factors that kind of all come into this. And the reason why I use that as a title, and it, it really comes down to one, being able to break some molds of the way that things used to be. And then two is finding ways that we can Educate people on the level where they're at, and communicate in the style where what they best are able to understand. And then, truly, it's it's about leaving the impact and changing people's lives.
1: Okay, so in your business coaching, you're you're saying you, you bring the Lego culture to your business coaching. Is that what you're saying?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's go ahead and define that. And that when you say the Lego culture, I, I love that word, and I love that whole uh, scenario. Lego is two Danish words that are legat and, uh, well, it's legat. And anyway, let's just put it this way. There's two Danish words and I always mess them up, but they basically mean play and well, and you put those two words together. So Lego literally means play well, (coughs) excuse me. And whenever I talk or whenever we, you know, have a kid building challenge, I always explain to them that, that is, is these two words that come together that tell us how to be able to operate our lives with each other. And, And, And understanding the concept of that culture of being able to play well together, we can now bring in some of the serious part of that play and use the play as a way to be able to teach the seriousness of business or the seriousness of relationship or how do we develop community. And that's all serious stuff, uh, things that we have to learn as, as adults. But we have to, first of all, learn how to play well together.
1: I love that so much. Um, you know, recently, first of all, my kids love Legos. We have a huge bin, and my son's eleven, my daughter's nine, they're still constantly playing with Legos. I hope that doesn't go away for decades, honestly, because they do play so well with that, and their creativity is amazing. and i I recently heard, I don't know the details of it, but there was a, a big study done, and it showed that kids, and this wasn't really re- related to Legos, but just like, Kids and how we they play and they have use their imagination. When they were very very young, like young elementary school, overwhelming percentage. I'm talking like eighty plus percent were literally set at the genius level. Then, as they got older and the the play disappeared, the the same kids, their um, intellect and their genius status. Decrease, 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 all the way down to like I don't know what is it like ten percent as adults, maybe less. It was so sad.
0: It, it, so you're you're kind of talking around a, a soapbox for me because <laughs> this is a this is a point that I have adamantly promoted. Uh, and I guess that's probably the best word. I'm trying to think um, through my words and make sure that I'm not offending individuals, but to be quite frank, the educational system has failed us. Our education ends basically at around the mid-20s, and that's when our quote-unquote formal education is done, and then we still have to continue to learn. So not only did it fail us as a child coming into it, and my example is this – we take boys who have high testosterone, lots of energy, and we tell them that they have to be seated and quiet and and not move and not do anything with all of this energy. All. And then what do we do? We put them on drugs or chemicals or things to be able to try to tame that testosterone or tame that. And it's the same way with girls as far as creativity. So it's not just the boys. It's all of our kids. And then we try to teach them a, a way of memorizing facts and teach them that the only way to success is to actually parrot back something. Not to reason through, not to be able to understand how to solve a problem. We just memorize and we spit it back. That That's broken. I mean, like, how often in life do we actually have to figure out challenges. And I don't care if it's in your own personal life where it's a a relationship that you have to figure out and you got to work through it and you got to analyze and you got to take all of the facts and deduce and then come up with a conclusion and make a decision or in business where we actually have to do the same thing. And we want our employees to be decision makers. We want them to be leaders. We want them, but yet we still, we sit here and we teach them to memorize a handbook or memorize a system or memorize something else. And if it doesn't quite fit that, which 90% of the time, There's going to be some chaos that's happening that doesn't fit a handbook. And then we say, well, why are you thinking for yourself? Why are we, why are you uh, trying to come up with a different way? And like, okay. I understand that there's systems, but not everything fits into the system. And so this balance of being able to teach and reason and understand and, and have a, a, a decision-making process, we've skipped over that in our educational system. So like I said, this is kind of a soapbox. <laughs> Let me give you this one last example because this is really how it is, and I love my sister to death. She was a straight-A student. Uh, really, really solid as far as when it came to studies all the way up through elementary. She never had to worry. Never really had to even work for an A. Always, always got them. I was a C student. I was basically, at best, a C student. Really had to work hard on trying to memorize these things. I just couldn't do it very well. We took a, I don't know what, it's an IQ test. We took an IQ test. And based on all of society and all of the false narratives, I came to the conclusion I was going to score way lower than what she did only thing is, I actually was almost 100 points higher in IQ than what she did, even though the she was getting straight A's. And it, it, to this day, it kind of boggles me because of the different ways we, as a society, we've really attempted to try to make monkeys learn how to swim and fish how to climb trees. and it's And it's a broken system. And that's why, again, so let me bring it all back full circle. That's why I'm so passionate about the serious play, because I learned that way. I learn when I'm hands-on, and I have the ability to reason through, solve a problem. I learn that way, and I would say 90 to 95 percent of our population also learn that way. And we just got it. We got to get back to that. I'll I'll be quiet now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I love it. I love you're passionate about it, and that's why you're good at you know being director of serious play because you do believe what you're you're teaching, and 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 I I have come to the same conclusion, you know. Um, I think we were made to be creative beings, and if we're not allowed to use that in life, then it really can hold us back. Um, I I think as far as the education system go, I think teachers in general, I mean, they're amazing. They have big hearts. They love kids, you know, most teachers. And I, I do wish that our system in America was more equipped to handle just what the kids need. So then those teachers who are loving and truly do care can come in and do what you're talking about.
0: Exactly. And I can attest because I've talked to many, many, many teachers across the country that express frustration with the educational system as well and the confining aspects of the educational system. In fact, there are many teachers that are leaving uh, the, the public school or the educational system and finding better ways to teach kids because they're so passionate. So this is not a knock against teachers in any way. It's just they feel confined. They feel limited in what they can do and how they can impact kids.
1: Yeah, I, I, I agree. And I know those teachers as well that have taught for 30 years and they are amazing. I don't know how they even care after 30 years because I would be like, I'm out, you know, (laughs) but they actually do still care. So those are some teachers are amazing. Speaking of Legos, I was going to say, why are they so important to you? But you've really answered that question. Legos are so important to you that you and your son, Zach, actually um, became contestants on Lego masters. Right. So how, what was that like? Going through that process with your with the son.
0: So there's a lot of a lot of pieces on here, and I'll try to sum it up as quickly as I can. Uh, but I do have to say this for those that are listening, especially. Okay, we have acronyms in the Lego Society. And then what's called an A which is an adult fan of Lego. The other thing is this: is when you get into this community, you start to learn that you're not allowed to say Legos because Legos is never plural; it's a name. So you don't say Tim's or you just don't use name. So. I, I get it. Everybody says it, and so I don't want to make a big deal. But I know that gotcha. there's, there's somebody out there that's going to say, "Tim,
1: why did you? Why did you?" <laughs> so I have to. She corrected her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have noted. Noted. Yeah. So
0: so le- the Lego itself, um, to, the best way for me to explain it is Lego is a tool, just like many many other things that you can use to be able to have a tool. Now, Lego was created by Oli Kirk Christensen. His passion was to be able to have things that kids could use to be creative. That's the very beginning of the sets that were creative. They didn't have instructions. It was just a box of Lego and all of the pieces that were there, and they were meant to actually be creative. Then they started adding instructions, and they started doing different things, which I think is good because it's a different way to be able to interact. So Lego is a tool. And if we look at it from that perspective, we can now say, okay, the concept of serious play methodology is using tools that are going to allow whether it's a child or even an adult, to be interactive, to be hands-on. And then I'm not a psychologist. I'm not going to go down the the MD route. However, I know for a fact that when we do things with our hands, it activates different parts of our brain. And it allows us to be able to have more neurological connections by being active, by doing things. And this has been proven over and over and over again by many, many tests and studies. So if I can now take an activity, which Lego is – a famously uh, attractive and it's very well noted brand throughout. I mean, shoot, they've been around since world war two, but it's a brand that everybody recognizes. And they're like, Oh, I'm willing to do that. So I've already broken down the one barrier about saying, Hey, we're going to do something with Lego, And people are willing to accept that because they know what Lego is and they remember it from their kids. And so there's a fond memory. So now I'm tying in that and then now we do something active and it brings out the neurological connections. And now all of a sudden when I say, okay, we've got a strategy, a theory, uh, we've got to analyze something, but we're going to do it through this tool. And now we can come to a really good conclusion, something that you can – act on something that you can have a takeaway something that you're going to be like an aha like oh, i can't believe i did i did it this way for so long this is a better way to do it and, and it, it allows us to be able to process and solve problems in a manner that is completely different than what we've been used to i, I have 50 60 70 year old guys that i walk through lego workshops with are just like i never thought of that i never I, it's because society, the false narrative of our society is right, pushing us in that direction. And we just need to be able to think outside the box a little bit.
1: Yeah. So what happened first? Was Zach really into Lego or yes. you were? Okay, so no, he brought was, you into that Zach world. Was.
0: So <clears throat> this goes back to our parent, parenting philosophy. And I I, I I, always say this, business is personal. There's no this business and personal life. There's none of that baloney that, that people talk about. Business is personal. And it's always going to intertwine no matter where we go. Um, and so the philosophy that my wife and I had when we first had kids was we knew that at some point in time, our kids were going to develop hobbies. They were going to develop interests of things that they wanted to do. For my oldest son, it was fishing. Now, I'm not a big fisherman, but when my son hit the teenage years, I did a lot of fishing on the lakes. And by interacting within that party or, or within that... um activity that they really truly enjoyed it gave us an ability to be able to have deep conversations that they it wasn't like face-to-face and confrontational we could actually talk about real things and so zach i'm sorry micah was fishing zach decided that he really was into lego and so actually at at around 10 or 11 he got so good at he's like dad i don't want you involved and so i had to find ways to get involved And then he started building what's known as a mock. That's another acronym. It's My Own Creation. And then we displayed those, and uh, the casting agents actually found us. And so that's that's the whole application process. That's how we we found. To the question exactly that that you asked about, what was the experience like? There's something special about a father watching their son grow into a man. And Zach was 18 when he was on the show. And all of the things, all of the success that you can talk about – there's nothing more powerful than being able to be involved with your kids and leave the legacy of your kids behind. I'm gonna get emotional about it because it's just so, it's one of those things that I value above any of the millions of dollars or any of the businesses or anything else that I've ever done is the fact of being able to still be involved in my kids' lives. And so, both Micah, who's now married and we have a, a grandchild. And uh, Zach, who's still like, I am so grateful that I'm able to be a part of their lives. And that is done because of the shared experience, because of getting involved, because we use this philosophy of serious play as a way to be able to teach and grow and learn about the facts of life.
1: So did being on Lego Master uh, teach you anything new in your life beyond, you know, what you're already life has already taught you?
0: Yeah, I, I would say being on the show magnified lessons that i had known previously um i have been all i've always been a rebel um and what i mean by a rebel is i i'm not a i want to know why why do we have a rule why are we doing it this way and if i if there was a good reason why man i'm like all in let's do it let's let's go but when somebody just makes a rule up just to make a rule up i'm like why? Why are we doing that? That doesn't make any sense to me. Like I, I want to reason through it. Like I said, it's, it, it's created this kind of a rebel spirit because I want that reasoning behind that. The magnification that happened with Lego Masters was an unbelievable amount of people that wanted to tell my story through their terms. And I've, I've called that the false narrative. It, it's the situation where we have executive producers, we've got senior producers, we've got story producers, we've got wardrobe producers, you've got... I mean, like you have all of these different producers on TV that tell you that this is the narrative that you're supposed to be living. This is the narrative that you're supposed to be talking. And when I say by narrative, it, it's very much like you just said with the noise aspect. It's they are trying to tell me the life that I'm supposed to live, the journey that I'm supposed to take, and and basically confine me down into the thing, And I'm like, why? Why is that, right? So Lego Masters magnified how much pressure there is from our original family, from society, from outside noise, from all of these different things that are telling me I'm supposed to live this way. And in my heart, I know that goes against my values. It goes against my mission, my vision of what I want to craft for my life. It goes against all of those things and yet I still carry some of those false beliefs that, that have been you know, basically hounded on me from childhood and how do I break those? So again, it was more of a magnification of how real that is and how firm we have to be and how critical, absolutely critical it is to establish your personal values, the, the, the values that you are going to die on. It's the hill you stake your claim on. That then creates the ability to manage or solidify your beliefs of who you are, how you were created, and then it gives you the ability to craft your narrative as you move on into the future.
1: Wow. Yeah. You sleep better at night when you do that. (laughs) For sure. You know, whenever you, you realize who you are and you're willing to stick with that, no matter what the pressure is, is from the outside. And whenever you just really lean into who you are and who you were made to be, that's powerful.
0: Yeah, and I, I can tell you this, and I, um, I'm i very, very grateful for Lego Masters, but there were times when they would ask me questions, how did you feel about such and such? I, I just told the guy straight up, I'm not going to answer that, because I knew that they were going to take my answer and then edit it to their narrative. Uh, and so I, you have to be cognitive of, okay, these are my values. This is my character, this is my life, and this is how I'm choosing to live my life, based on my values and and trust me, when I say this, you have to have a solid moral foundation in order to make your narrative a true narrative. Otherwise, you're still, whether you know it or not, you're actually following somebody else's narrative. You've got to find that moral base. You have to have those values. And if you don't, again, it, you're going to go way off the deep end and say, well, no, this is my true narrative. But no, dude, you, trust me when I say this, you have to have that base. And so by having that base, it gives us the ability to make the decisions that we need to be able to move forward into where we're headed and what's going on.
1: So what what other kind of adversity in life have you been through that has shaped the noise that you make, you know, this narrative of inspiration, strength and encouragement that Tim shows up with every day. What all was behind that? (laughs)
0: Lots and lots of failures. (laughs) Um, This is the part of the, the story, part of the journey that when you look on it, not everybody's willing to talk about uh, we, we, as a society, again, we look at success and we just want to know about the highlights of your life. We want to know about the fact that I was on Lego masters, or we want to know about the fact that I, I built a company to $15 million in a month. they want to know about like, and, and so we skip all of the hard parts and we skip over all of the things that we actually learned. Uh, so we skip over the fact that I owned a company and, I lost two houses and I lost a vehicle and that almost went bankrupt. And we skip over the fact that, I mean, I was, we went from a 4,000 square foot house down to a thousand square feet because I just couldn't afford anything. Or I skip over the fact that I got fired or that I built up multiple companies or that I've been through lawsuits after lawsuits because somebody was not faithful in what they promised or something. I mean, like there's so many challenges. Here's the, the core of where, where I think this should really, impact people's lives. And the one is the fact that if we're willing to talk about the challenges and the failures, we can reach back and we can help people that are in that exact same position because we have empathy and we, we can understand that that somebody else is going through some of the same pains and some of the same challenges. And when we feel most alone is honestly when somebody, a stranger sometimes will just say something to you and it just changes the entire trajectory of your life. The biggest shift that I had and I honestly don't know why other than I felt like God was placing this on my heart It's when we moved from Meadville to Rochester, New York. And it was only me that made that decision because everybody else was dead set against me. My parents, um, in fact, my, my wife, she, she fought me tooth and nail and didn't want to move, but it was that move that started, I I would say a, a moment of self growth, uh, for personal development for me personally, that allowed me to see that the world is much bigger than just this small little town that I lived in. And that there's much more opportunity. There's more things that are out there. It also created a scenario where I had to ask for help. And all prior to that, there's a song by Toby Keith. It's how do you like me now? Um, And that was kind of my theme song for a long time. And I still like the song, but it was almost out of arrogance and out of uh, ego where it's like, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pull myself up on my bootstraps. But moving into a new area forced me to ask the community for help. It forced me to be able to try to make friends and be able to have a a different outlook on life. So that was the beginning, but I still was chasing money, still chasing name, still chasing titles. And it wasn't until about, I would say five or six years ago, where I had a scenario in a situation where emotionally exhausted, uh, physically, mentally, spiritually. Uh, I mean, on every level possible, I was exhausted because I was running an e-com business doing lots and lots. And I got back home from a a Christmas uh, event that we were traveling and the garage door fell down and I couldn't get it up for some reason. But I was so drained that I couldn't think creatively. I couldn't think like, hey, how do we solve this problem? And so in my mind, something just snapped. And I started beating the crap out of the garage door, trying to just get through it. Because in my mind, I was just like, I just have to get to the other side. I just have to open this up. And so I'm like doing the WWE, like, Wah! and I'm like, I mean, I'm just going crazy. Meanwhile, in the back of my head, an alarm starts going off. And it's like, dude, your kids, your your wife's in the car watching this. And I'm like, oh, is this the type of person? Is this the individual that I want to be? Is this the example? Is this the legacy that I want to leave? Because, it's not a good one. It's somebody that's chasing something, burning themselves out, but not willing to be able to be involved with their family life and just totally abandoning a lot of that. And so that was another, I would call it a wake-up moment. And I, I had to go back, obviously, and apologize, and, we, and I talked to the kids. But at that moment, and again, I think God brought all of this together at the same time, a good friend and the mentor, uh, Tony Grubmeyer, we started building a relationship at that exact same time. And it was his questioning and his words, and I've, I've shared this before, he's got a Be Fulfilled journal. That journal started me on a path of personal development that has been unmatched and is still going on to this day. Um, and I, honestly, I forgot your original question, so I'm hoping that this touches on where we're at. But it, if we don't if we don't learn to, to build ourselves, to work off of the values, then I would have never had Lego Masters. I would have never had the relationship that I have with my boys. I would never have any of this stuff and it was all because I had that moment of aha I need to fix me I need to work on what I'm chasing in order to be able to leave a legacy that's going to be powerful and again comes back to the serious play aspect of how are you developing your own personal life in conjunction with your business life because they, they've got to grow together
1: yeah that's awesome and that leads me to a you know my next question of what legacy do you want to leave with your noise?
0: The the biggest legacy that I want to make sure that I'm leaving is that I've impacted people. And that is the thing that I get up for every day. It is the reason why I do what I do is have I been able to impact somebody's life? Um, And I could tell you story after story. And I I actually, it it means more to me when somebody sends me a card or or comes back to me and tells me, hey, this is this and whatever. In fact, one of the things that we were involved with, um, you and I, when we first met was through Josh. Uh, in Ludington specifically, and we were doing the AGS event. I think that was the first year I met this individual, we had a conversation that I frankly didn't remember. Three years later, he came back up to me and he said, you saved my life. And I I couldn't remember, for the life of me, I couldn't remember what I said to him. But by him coming back and saying, hey, you saved my life, those are the kinds of impacts. That's the kind of legacy that I want to leave. And I may not know all of the people that I touch, or I may not know all of the things that happen. But that's truly, at some point in time, that's the legacy that I want to leave. And whether that goes through my kids or it goes through the community or goes through the people that I come in contact through speaking, through training, through whatever it is, it always comes down to what impact am I leaving behind.
1: That's great, Tim. Well, I think you're doing a good job. And I love the podcast you have. It's called Narrative Live. Is that right?
0: Yeah, yeah. So we have a website. It's narrative.live. And I I host the podcast. There's a partner also that's doing it with me, Steve Goal. And we specifically focus in on real stories with real people. Uh, And that's the theme. And we don't talk about success so much. We don't talk about what you're doing right now. I don't really, honestly, I do care, but I don't care if that makes sense. And I want to know what was the turning point? What was the old belief, what was the false narrative that you grew up under, what was the turning point, the bend in the road, and then now what are you doing on top of that? Because that's been the journey of my life. Is I've had to break some false beliefs, some old false narratives, to now start living my true beliefs and, and to live in, in accordance with the true narrative that I have. I say have to because that's the way I feel. I feel like it's an obligation. We are required, and I love your, your whole noise acronym, but I, I feel like that's our calling is to truly write and craft and share the story that we have of our lives. We all have that individual skill and talent, and, and so often we're not sharing all of those things that we've walked through.
1: Yeah, and the and the truth is, whether you want to admit it or not, it takes adversity to get there. <laughs> it takes uh, adversity to make that noise. So. Yeah. That there's a reason the Bible says, consider it pure joy, you know, not yeah. because it's fun, but there's going to be something good that comes out. Yeah. of
0: it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so much of those lessons and they, they say, obviously, through and uh, we've talked about this previously, I think, but uh, when the gold is refined, the only way to refine it is through fire. The only way you make a pot is through fire to cook it. You have to put that heat on. You've got to put that pressure on the outside. In fact, that's one of my Lego lessons. I use a sphere and I can crush it if all the pieces are in the right spot. I can put lots of pressure on it. One piece is out of place and all of a sudden things start to fall. If you got cracks in your pot, the fire is going to reveal that. If you got infirmities in your gold, the fire is going to reveal that.
1: All right. Well, Tim, thank you so much. This is a great conversation. And um, I think you mentioned it, but mention it again, where people can connect with you.
0: I'm going to direct everybody to my website. And then from there, it spawns into lots of stuff. But just go to my website, timcroll.com, and you'll find thepodcastnarrative.live. You're going to find social contacts, ways to get in touch with me. You'll find everything there at the website.
1: Awesome. Well, thanks again, Tim.
0: It's been Absolutely. a pleasure. Absolutely, thank
1: you. Yeah, and for everyone else, you can connect with me at edwinaadams.com. You can find all my socials and everything I'm doing on there as well. So thanks again.